Welcome to Looking the Part. This show is sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. For limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com cracked. Join Dollar Shave Club now to change the way you shave. Because you're doing it wrong. Okay, welcome to the third installment of Looking the Part, the podcast that sincerely believes that the physical characteristics of a person in TV or film can tell you just about everything you need to know about that person before they even open their mouth. This podcast is, of course, sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. And you know, a lot like Dollar Shave Club, this sends you razors and periodic installments. This podcast comes to you broken up into handy half an hour chunks, delivered exclusively by the mailman. So mm. basically the same thing. Yeah. Just some 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 chunks from the mailman. The mailman brings, brings, brings <laughs> you your podcast in chunks. Today we're going to be talking about how the actual act of grooming is frequently used as shorthand in films as symbolism for some larger point. So bathroom habits are weird because unlike cooking or cleaning or sports, you don't learn it usually by watching someone else. Your routine is it's purely your own because nobody's teaching you how to fold your toilet paper or like where to keep your arms when you shower or whether you flush after washing your hands or before because there's no one who is there teaching you how to do it. You just develop the system that's customized exclusively to you. So I guess it's no wonder that there are a lot of screenwriters out there that would also use that as a way to identify a lot of things about a character because that's when they're at their most intimate, their yeah. most intimate setting. Uh, and thankfully, we have a screenwriter with us today. We have Seth W. Owen, who's a he's a screenwriter for movies like All Nighter, Morgan, and Peepers. Seth, it's great to have you with us. Uh, thank you for having me. Delighted to be here. And of course, uh, I'm joined again by Intrepid co-host Daniel. Please don't call me Dan if you have to. I understand, and I won't. I won't raise a fuss about it. O'Brien. Hey, that's me, and that is how I prefer to be introduced everywhere. <laughs> Just to start, there's a moment in the movie Arthur. Are you guys familiar with the movie Arthur? The Dudley Moore? Yeah. Martha, the, the, the Dudley Moore Arthur? Yeah. Mm, I only I, I only feel like uh, the Russell Brand Arthur is canon, and the Dudley Moore was sort of like <laughs> retroactively somehow a reboot. Uh, yeah, the Dudley, then the Dudley Moore man, version, they're, they're, he's taking a bubble bath, and he's got this butler named Hobson, and he says to his butler, stay with me a minute, Hobson, I hate to be alone. But, you know, in an English accent. And then Hobson says to him, yes, bathing is lonely business. And I feel like that's a really good thesis for this entire podcast. Because <laughs> being in the bathroom, is a, it's very lonely business in there. And it should be. And historically, it's not. I mean, historically, if our species, our communities were based around grooming one another. And at some point, whether because of humility or shyness, we moved away from that and we decided grooming was a singular act. It's something that you do alone. And a good place to start, I think, is in the bathtub with Dudley Moore because there's a lot you can learn, I think, from somebody taking a shower or bathing. <laughs> bathing is a weird thing because bathing in a movie is a lot like fiddling with a car radio. If you see somebody doing it in a movie, <laughs> that person's going to die any minute. <laughs> like they're, they're distracted to a degree that it's it, something terrible is going to happen to them. That happens frequently in movies where... Somehow the the shower, the sound of the shower mutes out everything else around them. So they're either missing out on some horrific acts of violence that are happening outside of the bathroom or some chaos or somebody's about to attack them. Some good examples are uh, in Psycho. Obviously, that's the most quintessential <laughs> example. Um, arachnophobia. There's the girl who's in there showering and a spider comes out of the, I want to say out of the shower head. That can't be right. <laughs> and then uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's in the bathtub. 
Uh, Fatal Attraction is a good example. Slither's also bathtub. Breaking Bad, one of the assassins, I think, with the hatchets. Yeah. Comes in while well, he's in the shower. Anyway. Ghostbusters 2, she turns on the water and it becomes ooze, and the ooze becomes a monster. That's right, yeah. It becomes the pink ooze from underneath the building. Now, I'm, I was trying to decide which came first, the chicken or the egg in this case, because as a kid, I was afraid. Of this. You, you, As soon as you have to put shampoo in your hair and you close your eyes to get the shampoo out, that's a very scary moment yeah. because it's, you're very vulnerable in that moment. And I was trying to decide if that was just instinctual or if that was born from movies because you don't get that when you're like when you putting a shirt over your head. You don't freak out for a second when you can't see what's right. going on in the room around you. <laughs> Some reason is just in the shower when you have to close your eyes for that second that it's very, very scary. Yeah, it is because it is just such a uh, historically, not historically, you already explained that it wasn't, modernly vulnerable and intimate and isolated thing. I'm I, growing up with two older brothers and parents, the bathroom is the only place in the house where I'm ever alone. And that's sometimes a good thing, but it's also like, I, oh, I better not die in here. Like, 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 like cause this is, this is where no one else will be able to come in and, and, and save me. And I'm not around anyone or anything that could help. Like, I don't know, Seth, what your situation is, but I don't keep any weapons in my, my bathroom at all. I don't want to assume anything about anybody, but I am just like full blown, not safe there. I'm naked and slippery right, and yeah. unarmed. I wonder if that's also part of it. Is that, go ahead, Seth. Well, it just, I mean, I, it seems like you're doing some extreme activities that are, that are causing you great great fear for your safety, which which is worrisome. But uh, I think it's very true. You point out Psycho is kind of like the undertext of all these bathroom experiences, it seems. I don't know, because you get a lot of people saying, like, I, you know, I saw Psycho and I could never, you know, shower again. So I don't know. And we don't really know if that fear was there before Psycho. But it's certainly there now. It seems to be kind of infiltrating everything. And everybody gets to use that. If you're a screenwriter, you get to use that. Any time you're spent naked in a bathroom, you get to use that as automatically ominous. Like You, you don't have yeah. to do any of the work because the, the road's been paved for you. Yeah. Also, I think you're not like, I mean, it's very rare. Maybe Arthur aside, which I think Arthur is a great example to discuss, you know, uh, uh, very well done. But, but uh, you know, usually you don't see someone take a, a bath or shower just to completion in a film. Right. You can assume that maybe we're not just going to enjoy a moment of getting clean with the, with the main character of the film. I mean, there's usually some reason why we're there, and that's usually going to be a, a threat of some kind. Of that's course. a great point. Yes. You're right that the examples that run against that are anytime that somebody's in a bubble bath, yeah. that's always the sign of luxury from like Pretty Woman from Dudley Moore's version of Arthur. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that in those circumstances, you're pretty safe. Like nothing terrible is going to happen to you. I think Dumb and Dumber, they do that as well. Yeah. And there's a whole huge, there's a huge, I mean, the, there's a whole other universe of sexy showers. I mean, that, that, that opens yeah. up a whole other can of worms. Right. Can and I would showers say, don't there, there's, yeah, there's, a, there's an overlap where you get the kind of very sexy sidle up in the shower, which can also you know, <laughs> be a kind of like a, a more sinister kind of threat within the home where someone kind of is showering and enjoying their safe space, and someone kind of enters into the shower with an assumption uh, of sex, but usually they have some kind of ulterior motive, I think. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's something that I think they use a lot in horror movies that'll be like a fake sting, where mm -hmm. somebody's showering, <laughs> you get the wobbly camera motion that suggests that I'm from a POV now, I'm somebody else in the room, and then somebody sidles up behind them, oh, it's a boyfriend. Right, they, That's I understand why it works for movies, because you want to trick the audience, but it's still like woman alone in the shower. And then she gets startled for a second. It's like, oh, good. It's just my boyfriend coming to surprise me with sex in the middle of my shower. <laughs> right. You know, like how everyone enjoys. Right. And for anyone listening, 
don't do that. I mean, <laughs> talk about it beforehand. Right. Don't, don't invade somebody's shower space like that. Because being in the shower is such a vulnerable place to be for everybody. Yeah. And I want to quickly just dive into what it means that Danielson in Karate Kid dresses as a shower for Halloween when he gets his ass absolutely handed to him by the bullies. They're dressed as skeletons. Like at, in most of these movies, it's some sort of horror, demon, ghost, something coming to attack you. And then you are in the shower. And that's what they basically created in that movie. Yeah. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, he's basically <laughs> a walking symbol of victimhood. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's really wonderful. Just a bunch of arrows pointing to your belly and where else you're vulnerable. Like, right. Here, these are my weak spots. That's what I am for Halloween this year. Uh, and I don't know if there's much of a difference between the shower and the bathtub. I was trying to figure it out if there were patterns I could isolate. Certainly when the shower you are more likely to be the victim of something else happening. But in the bathtub, I'm always terrified that somebody's going to commit suicide in there yeah. or that they're going to try and drown themselves. But, yeah. but it's so often, the fact that it's so often the shower is is for murder is strange to me because like thinking about it now, and I've never thought about it before, I would, for whatever reason, much rather love, not for whatever reason, it's very clear. I'd rather love to turn and see like Norman Bates with a knife while I'm in my shower than someone open the door while I'm in a bathtub <laughs> and they still have like six feet to clear because I've... Never gotten out of a bathtub fast in my life. And I was like on my back in a very unflattering pose, like, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm just like trying to slip out of this soupy stew of my own juices. Well, there's no way for your chin to be right in that circumstance. Yeah. Like it's automatically hugged into your neck. So you don't like, and your belly's kind of hunched over. Like yeah. there's no good position to be in in a bathtub, which is, I think, why that in a sensual situation, they put all the, the foam in there. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, what lies beneath? I think is a good attempt to kind of reappropriate the bath as a as a center for terror, and that's a real that is it plays on the fact that a bath is by its very nature slow. So it's like the opposite of a psycho sequence. It's like a super slow, drawn out uh, yeah. juice. Uh, I guess what spoilers for what lies beneath? <laughs> if you don't, yeah, all spoilers for The Shining as well. I think Kubrick really tries to do that as well. He but he he changes yeah. it so that the person entering is terrified of what's in the bathtub because you have a long shot of just a bathtub in a very well-lit room and then a, a naked woman sensuously walks out of that bath and turns out to be a bloated corpse afterwards. Yeah. But reversing the horror. So what's horrifying is actually in the bathtub instead. I guess maybe Nightmare on Elm Street is sort of like that because she gets into the bath and then the claws come out of the water right between her legs. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot to dive into there. <laughs> Very literally. We don't have to get too much into that. But before we move on to washing your face, I want to mention that this was all sponsored by the Dollar Shave Club. Uh, I don't know, Dan, if you're familiar with all of those more masculinely oriented products where they say, hey, this is sawdust shampoo or, mm -hmm. or whatever. In general, I feel like that's all hype. I don't know. With Dollar Shave Club, I've got a lot of their products and I'm on board immediately. They've oh, yeah? Got, yeah, they've got a conditioner that's pepper and sage mm -hmm. and it just smells so perfect. It smells like a dude. <laughs> yeah, that would be handy because because like, I definitely don't smell like a dude and no matter what shampoo or conditioner I'm looking at, it's just still, like they'll say four men on it but I'm like, yeah, you kind of smell like shampoo. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> they have a body wash that I've been using and it makes my whole bathroom smell like the body wash and my wife has commented on the fact that our bathroom smells better and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is what I want to smell like. <laughs> So that's the Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com cracked. 
Join Dollar Shave Club now to change the way you shave. Okay, so let's talk about washing your face in film. I'm gonna set a scene for you. How many times have you seen this in a movie where a character goes into the bathroom and uh, he's torn about something? I'm gonna assume that this is a male protagonist in this mm -hmm. sense. He's torn over something. There's some decision he has to make and he, he turns on the water, he cups his hands into the water and then splashes it on his face and really checks in with himself in the mirror. He's like, all right, buddy. Yeah. It's just you and me and has to like <clears throat> make some sort of moral decision there. Yeah, I've seen uh, shaking Leonardo DiCaprio do that in like six movies in a row where it's <laughs> yeah. Shutter Island or Catch Me If You Can. And he's just like, get it together, Teddy, come on. You got to do the thing you got to do. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think that happens in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. He's like, you did too much of that acid that your friend gave you. <laughs> like, you really got to get your life together. Um, yeah, splashing yourself, washing your face and checking in in the mirror is so common in movies. And it's, it, I think it's always an example of somebody trying to reestablish their moral code, figuring out what their yeah. ethics are just by seeing themselves in the mirror. That's a good way to put it. I mean, that is an almost unavoidable, I mean, I, it is the clamiest clam of clam, the, the, the looking in the mirror scene. I think it is probably in every script that I have ever written as well, <laughs> even though I, I am aware of this fact. And uh, in fact, one time I was going to uh, be directing a movie and we were casting it and we were casting one of the lead roles in the film and they actually, they had three conditions to, 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 to agree to do the movie. And one of them was that we add a scene of them looking in the mirror and splashing water on their face. Oh, awesome. And kind of having a moment of check-in. So I think there's something about it that is very appealing to the, they know at one point they're going to be able to, I mean, because I think this is at the heart of acting, is probably an actor in front of their mirror trying on the faces, looking oh, into the heart wow. of darkness there. And I think so it's very appealing in that way. And it also... It's very uh, easy to plug anything into. It's like, you know, there's like, a, I think in the commentary track for the Godfather 2 or something, Coppola says that, you know, you should always include a scene of somebody like talking on the phone where you can't see their lips moving because you can use it kind of anywhere you need it. Oh, <laughs> man. And, and it's very similar with someone looking in a mirror, you know, and having a moment of check-in. You, you're like, something is not tracking. Well, let's just have them look in the mirror. Kind of, and we'll, we'll kind of get it from that. Right, yeah, the face doesn't even matter. I can remember the scene from Jason Bourne. As soon as Jason Bourne kills a guy for the first time mm -hmm. after not knowing who he is, and then he goes into a bathroom, like a public restroom, and just starts washing his hands in the sink and is looking at himself in the mirror. And it's just a... It's like you would look at yourself in the morning. I mean, he yeah. doesn't look totally pleased with what he sees, but he's not like he's not having a nervous breakdown or anything. He's not conveying much of his yeah. eyes. But it doesn't matter. Like you're on board no matter what. You just see somebody looking in the mirror and you're like, "Yeah, I get it." Right. They can they can re-edit that scene after any scene in that movie yeah. and it would still work and you would just fun. sort of like project pathos onto Matt Damon's Exactly. Dumb face. So I did some research for this one, and there's some scientific studies around looking in a mirror that I found that were pretty fascinating that I think is probably where a lot of this is born from. They did a study where they Jason had... Jason Bourne. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. And that's why Dan is here, everyone. Uh, you may go now. Thank you. Uh, so they did a study where they put up bowls of Halloween candy at these houses that were completely darked out on Halloween, and then they put a mirror in front of one of the bowls. And... They watched as their cameras set up all over the place and they watched even kids that were in costume. They would come up and they, everybody immediately stole all the candy from the bowl that didn't have a mirror in front of mm -hmm. them. The one where they actually had to face themselves, even when they were in costume, they were much more honest about taking candy out of it, uh, which is so bizarre. And then they did a, a test for adults, too, where they had a newspaper stand that was um, you had to you just drop the money in. There was nobody monitoring it and you just had to had to be your own ethics, basically. And 
when with one of the stands they didn't have a mirror with another one they did and people just blatantly ripped off newspapers and magazines from the one that didn't have a mirror but when you had to look at yourself adults were even much less likely to steal i wonder i know your point is going to be that like there's a scientific thing that makes us confront ourselves when we see ourselves in front of a mirror. I feel like if I'm a kid and there's a bowl of candy with a mirror behind it, just a stray mirror, I'm like, <laughs> bullshit, something's up. I'm not. Yeah, I'll like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, actually, yeah, you're probably right. I don't know that they accounted for that. that, that <laughs> These streetwise kids who like, no, nah, I've seen the wire. There's a cop behind that mirror. I'm not touching yeah. this. <laughs> Surely, yeah. Something is weird. Something is amiss, and I'm not falling for it. I'm going to stay away from that house that has the mirror out front. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Before I even considered that, I thought, yeah, that makes perfect sense that when you have to check in, and also that your protagonist generally in the movie is going to be your entrance point to the movie. He's representing you in the movie, uh, mm-hmm. or at least that's the closest you have to yourself, and that's what you root for him. But the reason that it works, I think, so well in movies is because... Yeah, now that person is you. Yeah, I know what that's like to look in the mirror. Like, yeah. now I'm looking in the mirror. Just looking at the film is, you always know what that character should do. You're always rooting for their ethics and for them to follow a moral code instead of getting dragged down by something else. Yeah. Because that's you, man. That's you in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. And I like what Seth was saying earlier about the actors forcing that into scripts because that is a move that every actor must practice a bunch because it's in a lot of movies and a bathroom is a place where you can lock yourself in and do as many takes of you throwing water in your face. And that's the kind of thing that, like, if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, you're 17, you're just like, okay, this is the one acting thing I know what it looks like. I know exactly <laughs> what this looks like. I'm great at it, so we got to put it in a movie. We're doing it. <laughs> I, I want to move on now to a really, a really heavy topic because I think that there's a lot of meat here, and that's shaving in the bathroom. Shaving <laughs> yourself, I feel like, doesn't come up that much. It does occasionally. It's in North by Northwest. He shaves with that little tiny razor and makes a bunch of dick jokes about it. And mm-hmm. the cops come in. It's sort of a tense scene because they're shaving at the same time as he is and they can't recognize him because he's got on the shaving cream. Mm-hmm. But shaving somebody else in a movie, there's a real interesting power dynamic that's always established with that. Some examples of that are Luke Cage. In Luke Cage, uh, Cottonmouth gets shaved by Pop. He insists on it. In the color purple, it happens. Game of Thrones, uh, Ramsey forces Reek to shave him. Uh, Sweeney Todd, obviously. Mm-hmm. Pan's Labyrinth. I'm including that one, even though the guy shaves himself with a straight razor. This is the general, the awful evil general who gets okay. killed at the end. But he's shaving with a straight razor in a mirror, and then in looking at himself in the mirror, puts the blade up to his throat in the mirror and cuts his own throat because he's he's really masochistic and oh, okay. sort of hates himself as well. But shaving somebody else, it's always, it's never, I guess occasionally in a sexy situation, it's mm-hmm. it's both of them choosing to do it. But generally the shaver isn't complicit like yeah. they're forced into the situation and the shavy is doing this as a sign of power yeah like look how close because a, a razor it sort of acts like a Chekhov's gun in mm-hmm. in movies when a razor appears for a shaving scene like that you know it's a weapon you can't help but know it's a weapon you know that they're sharp you know that at some point these two are going to have to have some sort of reckoning yeah and you know it's going to be close up against someone's throat and it's you're in a position where no one could stop you if you wanted to kill this bad person right now no one would get you in time because the razor, the blade is right there in the throat. And that's all about dominance for the person who's getting shaved because the person who's getting shaved also knows. It's like, hey, I'm insisting that you shave me, Pops, or Man in Black in Westworld where he's like, hey, you're a robot, but just to prove that I'm not scared of you at all, I'm going to give you this knife and I'm going to, we're going to take a break in the middle of this action and you're going to shave my neck right now as a way for me to establish that 
I have total control over you. Yeah, it's it's like a circus performer yeah. putting his head inside the mouth of a lion and being yeah. like, look, look at how I've tamed this beast. You, have you ever had any shaving moments in your films before, Seth? Uh, well, yeah, you know, I think I actually took advantage of that bathroom scene to do some very intense character solo shaving work. But I'm just really coming to terms with the fact that I think I was traumatized by seeing The Color Purple at too young an age, because a lot of this is, uh, yeah, hits home and, and a very yeah. unsettling <laughs> That way. same that, thing... That has always stayed with me, Danny Glover. Very, uh, very threatening. And often a man who's, maybe as we'll discuss uh, uh, later, often associated with, with kind of bathroom uh, moments uh, throughout his work. That's some, <laughs> some heavy foreshadowing there, Seth. You're absolutely right. We are headed that direction <laughs> with patience. But yeah, I, I had the same experience with The Color Purple when I was young, where that movie really stuck with me because I was just too young for it. And that scene in particular really stressed me out. I mean, I hated him because yeah. right? he's yeah. terrifying, but Whoopi Goldberg is shaving him and you're just... So, and I get kind of squeamish around blood anyway, so that might have yeah. been part of it, but it's really an uncomfortable moment where she's shaving him and nothing happens. Nothing ever happens except <laughs> in Sweeney Todd where she slits his throat. Yeah. But no. I'm aware of the character slit the throat. I was going to say that there is a scene in Sweeney Todd where we do follow the trend, but I, I didn't want to say that on the record because I might be wrong. But here we now, I've done it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he shaves the judge and doesn't kill him at one point. I think you're right. But yeah, then they turn that by the end of it. We're always worried in that scene. It's almost never a a situation where there's just a geyser of blood where the most important artery in your body gets severed. Yeah. But it's never not tense to see it happen. And it's always somebody you you want to see them dead, mm-hmm. but you just, the moment is so uncomfortable. I yeah, guess, and it's very, I mean, it's a way to have somebody dominate the situation without having the weapon, which is always, you know, it's like a version of, you know, someone handing over the gun and being like, well, let's go ahead and shoot me or whatever. It's like, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a way to flip it. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's that moment in a movie where somebody takes the gun and puts it to their own head. Yeah. Like while you're holding mm-hmm. it with your handshake and they're like, then just do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, it is. It's giving away the weapon because you know that you're in such control. Yeah. It's such a, a big move. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's usually the villain who gets shaved. I guess occasionally you have sexy shaves. Uh, yeah, Bond, that's, that's, there's that's a sexy the other shave. side of the coin that, that, the, that I've taken issue with before. In uh, one of the more recent Bonds, there's a, a scene where Money Penny shaves him with a straight razor. And it's meant to be very sex- sexy, which immediately I take issue with that because... Even in a relationship with someone that I am intimate with, I still, I'm just way better at shaving my face than they are, a thousand percent. (laughs) It'll just be faster this way. Please let me do it. And it doesn't like make me feel closer to you. The other weird thing that came out of that movie is like, after that movie came out, sales of straight razor blades skyrocketed. People were so, they were like, man, what a hot scene. Maybe if I buy a bunch of these razors, some beautiful woman will shave me. Yeah, I wonder about the scene in Predator where that one guy is shaving just with no shaving cream at all with a little tiny oh, yeah. Bic razor, yeah. and it's shaking in his hand, and then it snaps on his face, and he cuts his face open. I wonder what that did to Bic sales. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are. I mean, if there are some real tense... shaving cream dropped tremendously. Yeah. <laughs> I knew we didn't need it. <laughs> See, he's shaving just fine without it. Um, yeah. And the only other scenes where people get shaved, occasionally there's some barbershop scenes, like The Dictator, there's a, a whole musical bit where he's shaving a, another guy, and that's, I mean, it's all played for laughs. It's I think that's what Barber Seville, the Bugs Bunny uh, episode of Looney Tunes, where he's, I think it's just called the Barber Seville. Yeah. yeah that, that's based on. And it's always played for laughs, that like, oh, he's being way too rough with him, yeah. with the shaving. I mean, nobody ends up bleeding, but it's like, this is, yeah. I wouldn't, that, you should not trust him. <laughs> this should not be a situation where you're in that chair. 
All right. And but before we get to Danny Glover sitting on a toilet that's mm. armed with a bomb, I just want to talk about the Dollar Shave Club. This podcast is obviously sponsored by the Dollar Shave Club. Dan, did you ever think that we would get to a point in culture where we'd have six blades on our razors? I mean, I never thought that, but maybe our friend Matthew McConaughey has an opinion. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Six blades. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, that's a, a true shave. Dan, of course, is a... I like the show. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your, your art. Mm. Uh, Dan is, of course, a master of voices. Matthew McConaughey... That's really your ace in the hole always. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the executive razor that comes from the Dollar Shave Club has six blades on it. And as silly as as they made it sound in The Onion when they were like, hey, we're doing five blades now, when The Onion ran maybe the most important article they've yeah, ever done. I remember done. that. <laughs> I didn't account for the fact that it's really great. Like having mm-hmm. six blades, it, you can shave like they do in cartoons, where it's just like one long stroke mm-hmm. and no problem. It all comes off with that one stroke. Who's that? Oh, no, it's Owen Wilson. Wow. Well, and thank you so much for joining us. Six I didn't know if you were going to make it. Yeah, but uh, we don't have a seat for you if you could just sit on Matthew McConaughey's lap there. Oh, of course. I'd love to do that. Actually, that's not bad. <laughs> this is sponsored by the Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. Oh, who's that at the door? Is that is that Dr. Carver? Yes. Oh, hey, Dr. From Carver. From the shave butter. <laughs> well, welcome. From the shave butter. Yeah, of course. You crawled out of the shave butter. <laughs> Familiar with your work. That's a $15 value for only five bucks. After that, raises are just a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com slash cracked. Join Dollar Shave Club now to change the way you shave. Well, okay, I think it's time now to move on to uh, our favorite section. Yeah, um, the act of using the toilet. Now, this one, I feel like, is of all the things in the bathroom, this one is one you learned the most on your own. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had discussions in our forums on the site before about people who are like, now, when you wipe, do you stand up or sit down? And people are like, are you kidding me? There are people who stand up? Yeah. What do you... That's such a terrible idea. Why? Why? And then nobody thinks that their side is wrong. Everybody will go to bat for how they use a toilet. It's the... the Soren's referring to a, a thread in our forums from like a year or so ago where it was really crazy to watch a bunch of groups turn on each other because it started out with you sit while you wipe or stand and immediately there's two groups and the stand people were like, you sit people are crazy. There's nothing better than standing up, wiping yourself and then tossing the toilet paper behind you. And now the standing group <laughs> is two groups because it's like, wait, you toss it behind you? You don't stand and face it? And then there's like separate groups of what what for men what direction you you wipe and we've like we went from a poll that was do you sit or do you stand to like now there are nine different categories with like subgroups within each one that we're voting on and everyone by the end of this no one has connection with anyone everyone who is not (laughs) the specific way that you go to the bathroom is a monster and they've all turned on each other right yeah then there becomes the whole subset of folding or crumpling toilet paper and those people hate each other now too (laughs) like it's just a bunch of splintered into factions and when it shows up in film i mean they use it in comedies a lot and occasionally it shows up in movies that aren't comedies, but it's always to humble a character mm-hmm. when you put them on a toilet. I mean, just the, I think it's part of it is that the silly position you have to to be in when you're on a toilet, you're kind of crouched down and hunched over a little bit. Yeah. And nobody, nobody looks dominating on a toilet. No. <laughs> but just some examples of, of movies that have used it. Bridesmaids, obviously. Dumb and Dumber. Train Spotting's not a, it, that was like a comedic scene uh, where he has to go and use the yeah. bathroom and then get the suppositories out of the toilet. But uh, 
it's not obviously not a comedy. Uh, there's something about Mary. That's where, you know, he's peeing and then zips his beans above his the frank. Yeah. I think was the, mm-hmm. the terminology. Uh, lethal weapon. Thank you for bringing that up, Seth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice guys when he's trying to to have some sort of authority while sitting on a toilet, like yeah. holding a I, gun. I, I a that's, cigarette. A, yeah. that's a symphony of uh, of uh, bathroom stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, along came Polly. It happens too. He has the IBS and he has yeah. to use towels. Anyway, it's rare. It's rare in movies because we're so accustomed to movies not as ta- not accounting for the fact that any of the characters ever have to go to the bathroom. But when they do use it, it's just tying the character the character to the the visceral duties of owning a human body. I feel like I've also seen it. It's another another way it's deployed is similar to shaving. It's a, a power move, mostly in like old timey things like Deadwood. They don't have toilets. They just have like buckets in the rooms. Oh, and Al, pots, yeah. Al, yeah, Al Swearingen, if he was talking with someone, had n- was not afraid to walk over and just start peeing in the chamber pot while talking to someone. And maybe that's a reflection of the times and what everyone was like back then. We we're all just cooler and freer about peeing, I guess. But it's but made it's, for it's us. Seemed, it's made it's for made us, made... yeah. And it's, and it's very much like, I can't, me, Daniel, in the, in the present, I can't pee if there's someone next to me or talking to me or like, I think someone's going to come into the public restroom. That's why Al Swearingen is more powerful than me because <laughs> he's he like can pee with someone I can, watching. <laughs> I can pull it right out and pee in front of you and talk to you and and listen to you and respond. And it was like, okay, yeah, you win. You can have my land or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a son who's a little over a year and a half, and he will look me dead in the eye while he's. I can tell when he's pooping, and he'll just like he'll be sitting at the dining room table and he'll just be like staring at me, and I'm like, you have the power, man. Yeah. I, I, you're right. This is not a situation in which I am the one on top. Like you, you're the winner here. Hang on to that. <laughs> I would say there's also a subcurrent in uh, dealing with bowel movements on screen, where like Lethal Weapon Two, for some reason, it is a reflection of somehow being horrified by what your body has uh, produced. Because the the big the big one we haven't discussed here, and I think it's kind of maybe one of the most important works of bowel movements uh, on, <laughs> on screen is, is Dreamcatcher, where they kind of <laughs> Get out these yeah. alien monsters right. but then you kind of attack them and there is this you know I feel it's like it's a very long set piece in Dreamcatcher where Timothy Oliphant I mean two of the greatest screenwriters you know ever uh, uh, that have ever walked the earth you got William Goldman and Lawrence Kasdan and they have concocted the scene where, where Timothy Oliphant knows there is a monster below him on the toilet in the toilet and yet he is such a lover of chewing on toothpicks that he cannot resist, like, leaning down to get a toothpick and bringing about his own destruction. It's very very befuddling and exciting. That's a bad movie. (laughs) But, you know, you're absolutely right. That's a wonderful example of it. I think it reminded me also of Ghoulies. Are you familiar with that one? Oh, Ghoulies, yes. I can still see the poster seared seared behind my eyelids <laughs> that was uh yeah it was one of those movies where when i would go to the vhs store or the rental the video hut or whatever it was mm-hmm. i would go to the horror section and just try to scare myself by looking at the covers of movies <laughs> knowing i could walk away at any moment <laughs> um and one of them that i always went back to was ghoulies because prospect of something coming out of the toilet and getting you was so terrifying yeah. when i was a kid i don't know why i think man I can't think of a single real story where, like, a snake came up and bit somebody that I knew of as a child. No, not that you knew of as a child, but, like, every once in a while, you'll hear one story from 
and I'm talking like once every nine years, a story from a magazine I've never heard of will say, hey, in this, uh, this remote part of Tasmania, a person was on the toilet and a snake came up and went into their butt. And I was like, see, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I guess it's the only place that's more vulnerable than being in the shower. Yeah. Because only your most vulnerable parts are exposed. And like, that's, you're leading with that. Yeah. That's your, <laughs> your butt first on the, in that situation. Right. When I call for help, I can't instruct them to be like, now, Focus on what's going on above the toilet. That's where, like, I'm maintaining dignity up here. Please <laughs> look at my face and my resolve. In Westerns, it was always the most, it was the worst death to die in the outhouse. That, like, you'd, you'd have movies like Unforgiven where you shoot somebody while they're taking a, a dump. And yeah. that's, it's, there's nothing more sad in a movie than right. that. Like, that's the, <laughs> everyone in the movie's like, shouldn't have killed him that way, man. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I think that that's got to be born from culture, that we're just so afraid of, uh, these, these visceral dealings we have yeah. to do in a bathroom with like our egestions that yeah. we're like nobody else should even know that i ha- that i do this even yeah. though we all do it and it's weird that, like the 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 flip side implication assumption of this is like clint eastwood in the western comes and and shoots some dummy while he's in the toilet and then we look at clint eastwood and we're like yeah now that's a guy who never shits that's <laughs> <laughs> he's great <laughs> yeah that's absolutely right yeah if you see somebody who's who's been like yeah even watching those movies as kids the comedies where you'd see in dumb and dumber you'd be like well obviously he's i can't ever take him seriously again because i saw him poop real big yeah <laughs> I, it's it's weird that and those are circumstances where that everybody's gonna have to a horror a horror that everybody's gonna deal with at some point in their yeah. life, but we would like to pretend that it just doesn't happen, right? And so if you if you have a character that you're like, well, we need to make sure that everybody knows that this guy is like he's human, like, yeah. he, he, <laughs> he's he's part of the earth. He has to deal with the 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 carnal bits of the world. Yeah. Then oh yeah, put him on a toilet. There's something that. Uh, we used to have a show called Stuff That Must Have Happened where we would imagine unrecorded scenes from history that probably happened based on what we have. And a simple pitch that we never ended up doing, which is like, hey, Blinken took a shit. Just think about it. Like, like, <laughs> like doesn't matter. We never talk about it. But they're like multiple times. Maybe I don't, maybe he's I don't know what they were eating back then. Maybe like four times a day. Abe Lincoln is like, well, excuse me, I've got to, you understand, Mary Todd, it's, you going to just read one of my speeches on the toilet and take a, a big stupid Lincoln shit. Uh, yeah, especially the ones that are, yeah, I'm going to ignore the Lincoln log joke because it's low hanging fruit. I know. I, I know. It's even worse for somebody like Teddy Roosevelt, who you knew was out in the woods a lot, because yeah. then they have to do that, that like dog crouch where yeah. their legs are shaking a little and they're just sort of looking around <laughs> and you know that that's happened. I'm thinking about it right now. All right. Uh, so, Seth, I don't know. We've covered a lot here. We covered showering, washing your face, and shaving, and using the toilet. Are there any others that you want to go through? Well, look, we've we talked about some very kind of grim and uh, upsetting stuff. I think maybe all, the only other thing I'd like to add is that maybe what my, my favorite scene in a, in a bathroom is is much on the sweeter end, and that's from uh, Bring It On, uh, Kirsten Dunst and uh, Jesse Bradford uh, brushing their teeth together and Bring It On remains one of my uh, my personal favorites. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment of human connection in the private sphere of the bathroom. I've seen Bring It On, I think, twice, and I don't remember <laughs> the scene. Will you describe it? It is basically uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst goes over to stay at uh, Eliza Dushku and uh, Jesse Bradford's uh, house. And uh, she goes in, the, she asks for the bathroom, and she goes into uh, maybe I think she watches Jesse Bradford playing his guitar for a while and, uh, and, and feels feelings, and then goes into the bathroom to brush her teeth. And then he comes in and also starts brushing his teeth. It's a silent, maybe three-minute scene of them brushing their teeth together. Very sweet. I think there's brushing teeth and, like, there's, like, in, in real life, being part of someone's morning ritual is a very intimate and, and really, like, 
comfortable step whenever I've, I've been in a relationship and it's like, oh, I'm brushing my teeth and doing my thing and she's putting makeup on and we're barely talking and it's just like, this is us starting our day together. It's a really special, sweet thing. But who also, I, whenever I see this in movies, it's like, I, I'm a very happily married man, but I never am in the bathroom at the same time as my wife doing things. It's literally <laughs> a one after the other scenario. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, I live, I, my house has an impossibly small bathroom, so it, one of <laughs> yeah. us would be standing on the toilet if that were the circumstance. <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right that it's like, in the mornings, we've, we know, we never talked about it, but it's like, Oh, you're going to go, okay, you go in the bathroom for a while. And then when you're done, then I'll go do all of my things. Yeah. But yeah, we, it's never, we don't have like an open door policy in my, in my, in my no. house, in the bathroom. I have like a, a, a really small bathroom that is shower and toilet and, and nothing else. And then a broader like mirror oh, yeah. area for makeup and brushing your teeth and, and all, like a really Built wide. like a hotel room basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I live in a Just hotel. like the movies, exactly. Like if I had a, a bathroom like that, maybe I could Yeah. I, this is a thing that has always, and I've talked about it on our Cracked podcast before, Seth, but a thing that has always driven me crazy about movies is that when somebody brushes their teeth in a movie, they will, if they're in an argument or they're talking to somebody else, they'll be brushing and then they'll just spit in the sink and then they're done. They put the toothbrush down. They don't bother to rinse it out. They don't bother to rinse their mouth out or drink yeah. any water after that process. They brush, 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 and then they just give up. They abandon yeah. it and they go somewhere yeah, that's else. Upsetting. It's really troubling for me. So I'm just asking if you have circumstances where like somebody has a writer just like the washing the face thing and they're like, no, I got to be brushing my teeth in a movie. Really insist that they go through the whole process. Right. Or is the studio like, no, 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 foam is way too expensive. It fucks with continuity. We're just going to ignore it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. We're going to take this, take this thing all the way to a rinse. I think that's the only answer. (laughs) That is a really nice button though. I think to this whole thing is teeth brushing or sharing that process with somebody else. Cause it's, it's one of the least egregious things you're doing in the bathroom. Yeah, and it's not it's not sexy, but it's still intimate, which is nice because yeah. you don't you don't have to worry that it's going to lead to sex. Worry, right? There's a I remember an entire scene from Mad About You, which was a Paul Reiser Helen Hunt comedy that used to be on like decades ago. Yeah, but it's it's there's a scene with no dialogue. It's just the two of them brushing their teeth in the morning, spitting and then brushing and spitting, and then he goes to spit and then she spits basically on the back of his head, mm-hmm. and it's just like ah. Yeah. Marriage. What are you gonna do? I'm really surprised that you felt like you need to give context to Mad About You, a very popular sitcom, uh, and just dropped ghoulies like we all know. <laughs> like we all went to that same video hut. <laughs> I, I, I lack context a lot. I don't know what other people are familiar with, but yeah, uh, Mad About You just felt like it was before anyone's time. For some reason, I hadn't thought about Mad About You for like a year. Yeah, a year, I'd say. And even then, it was only because of Hank Azaria. And I was like, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Seth. We got a, I got us a little sidetracked there at the end. But this has been a real pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been a, uh, a delight. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. This was a course sponsored by the Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor. That's got six blades on it, by the way, with a tube of their Dr. Carver Shave Butter, which is just infinitely better than shaving cream, for only $5 with free shipping. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com cracked. Join Dollar Shave Club now to change the way you shave. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.